Pastor Xavier Reese explains that no matter the heartache, God is always there. It has been said, it is easier to suffer in silence if you are sure someone is watching. God is watching. Jesus said in John 16:33, in the world you shall have tribulation, be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. He is the, the focus. He is the greatest example and the source. You understand? Welcome to Simple Truths, the daily half-hour study of God's Word with Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. When you become a Christian, your sins are washed away. You're given a new beginning. You're promised eternal life with the Lord. But you're not promised a problem-free life. Today, as Pastor Xavier continues this study from 2 Corinthians chapter 1, he brings us encouraging simple truths in a message titled, Comfort for Suffering. Let's listen. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, we're going to look at verses 3 through 7, and the message is entitled, Comfort for Sufferings. We want to look at Paul's admiration of God's comfort, which is characterized in three ways here. The proclamation, explanation, and the exhortation. One, two, three, he lays it out. Let's begin here. The proclamation regarding comfort, verse 3 and 4. Notice in verse 3, the apostle Paul declared the identity of the one who provides the comfort. Don't miss it. He calls him the God and Father of Jesus. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our tribulations that we may be able to comfort those who are in any trouble with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. Now notice Paul calls him a tender, loving father, the father of mercies. The picture is one who has given life to another through conception and moved with compassion, passionate love for his child. Even in our fallenness, our evilness, the natural thing even you may be insensitive and rude and evil to others that you will have mercy and compassion to your own family, your own children. The word for mercies means compassion, pity. Vows in which compassion resides, a heart of compassion and emotions and longing to manifest pity in a tangible way. Notice secondly, verse 5 and 6. The explanation regarding comfort. In 5 right there, the Apostle Paul declared that the sufferings that are experienced are related to Christ. Don't miss that. For as the sufferings of Christ abound in us, the sufferings of Christ abound in them directly due to their preaching of Christ. The word abound means to exceed a fixed number, a measure of overflow. They had been beat, imprisoned, and chased out of cities, as you know. These sufferings of Christ do not refer to personal sufferings to complete or continue expiation for the work of redemption. You have to be careful because some people twist the scriptures. Catholicism teaches personal penitence for one's sins, which is unbiblical. So you live a life of suffering and inflicting pain upon yourself, denying yourself to marry yourself worthy. <laughs> Good luck. Grab a rabbit's foot, horseshoe, cross your feet and legs. Not going to work. The expiation is finished. 
Jesus said from the cross in John 19.30, it is finished. You're trusting the atoning work of Christ alone for your salvation. Now you have a responsibility to live out that salvation. Simple. Notice the rest of five. The apostle Paul declared that the comfort is equally related to Christ. So our consolation also abounds through Christ. Paul stated the promise that the saint will receive from God all comfort needed in proportion to the sufferings of Christ. He is faithful. He is the God of all comfort. He is the God who comforts in all tribulations. You ever read the Fox's Book of Martyr? You ever read Jesus Freak, the modern day Fox's Book of Martyr? Pick them up. Testimony of Christians in modern day in China, Mao's China, Russia. Paul stated the way this comfort is imparted, notice, is through Christ the Messiah. He is the mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus, 1 Timothy 2.5. No one else, not Mary, not Peter, not your pastor, but Christ. He is the faithful high priest that can be touched with the feelings of our weaknesses, having been tempted in all points as we are, yet without sin. Hebrews 2.18, Hebrews 4.14-16. What an incredible mediator I have. Do you see the connection through the passage? The Father comforted Jesus in his suffering for the work of salvation, and now he comforts us, therefore we comfort others. Now notice the Lord Jesus told his disciples that he would never leave them or forsake them as orphans. But he was sent the Holy Spirit, one just like him, to come alongside. John 14, 26, 15, 26, 16, 7. The last time was in Acts 1, 8, before he ascended up on high. He is the Holy Spirit who would come in the name of Jesus. He would speak in the name of Jesus, never of himself. He would glorify Jesus. He is the Holy Spirit who would guide, comfort, and fill them, empower them to be witnesses for him. Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the ends of the earth. Notice the Apostle Paul there in verse 6. Declare that God allows and uses personal afflictions for the benefit of others. Now, if we are afflicted, it is for your consolation and salvation. Paul told the Corinthians that all the afflictions they went through was for their benefit to be comforted by them, being merciful and comforting like their heavenly Father, having received mercy and comfort. Which of us as Christians, having been lost and known the pain of sin, the destruction that we cause others and to ourselves, having been forgiven, his grace been poured out and our lives been turned around, which of us doesn't desire the same for others who are in the same place we used to be? That's Christianity, ladies and gentlemen. You can't wait to tell others. Paul told the Corinthians that this comfort was in view, notice of their salvation. They had embraced the gospel. Now notice the end of 6. The apostle Paul declared that the comfort they received would be as adequate for their difficulties. Works in the endurance here of affliction for salvation. It would be adequate. This is important. 
Because when people are talking to you about their difficulty, it's easy because they're led by their emotions. They say, well, you don't understand. No, I don't have to understand. But you've never been in my position. I understand that, but Jesus has. Listen to his words. Which is effective for enduring the same sufferings which we also suffered, or if we are comforted, it is for your consolation and salvation. Paul stated that the comfort is effective in its purpose to increase their endurance. The word effective means to be operative, to meet that need, adequate. The word enduring means steadfastness and constancy. Now, Paul is not implying that discomfort works endurance, but that it strengthens their endurance and increases it, the Greek scholar Lenski tells us. Okay? Paul stated that the Corinthians could go through the same sufferings as Paul and his companions. Now, this is beautiful because they probably look at, some of them look at Paul down here. They're criticizing him. But some of them see him a little more spiritual than they, right? And Paul said, listen, I'm just like you. You're just like me. You know what encouragement that is to somebody? I'm just like you. The same divine empowerment was available to them, and that's what you tell people. The same human weakness in the Corinthians was in Paul and their companions. Paul stated that the Corinthians would equally receive the same measure of comfort in the process of salvation, just as he and his companions had. That's great. Trusting God. Looking to God. Yielding to God. Dorian Judson, a renowned missionary to Burma, endured untold hardships, trying to reach the loss for Christ. For seven um, heartbreaking years, he suffered hunger and privation. Uh, during this time, he was thrown into Ava prison and for 17 months was subjected to almost incredible mistreatment. And as a result, for the rest of his life, he carried the ugly marks made by the chains of the iron shackles which he cruelly had placed upon him, bound. Undaunted upon his release, he asked for permission to enter another province there that he might presume preaching the gospel. The godless ruler, indignant as he was, denied the request and said this, listen carefully, quote, my people are not fools enough to listen to anything a missionary might say, but... I fear they might be impressed by your scars and turn to your religion. Simple. People are looking to see if your Christianity is real. If when you kind of lose your head and you act like a pagan, that you're able to humble yourselves, you know what, I was completely wrong for that. Please forgive me. I was completely wrong. They're looking to see whether you're real or not. The sufferings of believers for Jesus abound and are diverse. Jesus said in John 16, uh, in the world you shall have tribulation, be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. He is the, the focus. He is the greatest example and the source. Some Christians are rejected by their unsaved husbands and wives and they, when they become Christians, and that's tragic. We saw that in 1 Corinthians 7. And that happens at times. Others are persecuted even to the point of death in other countries. 
while others are ostracized by their families. If you're a Jew and you become a Christian, your family has a funeral for you if they're Orthodox Jews. You're dead. But then you get saved, and God gives you a whole new family, people you can really trust and confine. Now, I'm not here to say that every Christian is, is faithful. and tr- No, they still have sin nature. But he's made your family so much bigger that sometimes the family of Christ has a greater commitment to you than your own family. The encouragement and strength for endurance through afflictions by the example of others in their sufferings is one of the ways God uses for others to trust, rejoice, and give glory to God. Uh, Paul told Timothy in 1 Timothy 4.12, Let no one despise your youth, but be an example of the believer in word and conduct and love and spirit in faith and purity. So people are looking. People knew you who you were before. Those were your close friends, your family members. People you work with. The farther, longer you're in the Lord, the more removed you get from all of those. It just happens. The purpose of being strengthened by God is not just concerned with your mere enduring in your situation. But he desires to make it effectual to transform you and I more into the image of Jesus Christ. I'm in process. I beseech you by the mercy of God, you present your body a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to him, which is your reasonable service. And be not fashioned to this world, but be transformed, metamorphosed by the renewing of your mind to prove what is the good, acceptable, and the perfect will of God. Crucify with Christ. He lives through me. He must increase, I must decrease, John the Baptist said. But we all, with unveiled faces, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord, 2 Corinthians 3.18. I've been under construction for 39 years. (laughs) I still got a ways to go. Some of the lessons God wants us to learn, let me give you just a few. To recognize the comfort and receive it, embrace it. To learn, grow, and develop, and mature from that which is given to you. To use our experience to benefit others. To sympathize and empathy with the sufferings and hurts of individuals. James 1, 23 through 25 puts it this way. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. For he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work. This one will be blessed in what he does. The explanation regarding comfort reveals God is faithful to every believer. Notice thirdly in verse 7, just one verse, the exhortation regarding comfort. The Apostle Paul expressed their confidence regarding the Corinthians. And our hope for you is steadfast. Paul had hope for the Corinthians. He included his companions by the word our. Paul and Timothy, according to the introduction of the letter. Paul described their hope for the Corinthians as steadfast, stable, sure, and firm, the word reflects 
the work of God. Paul's hope is in God. Don't miss it. Not the Corinthians. My hope is not in you. My hope is in the God that can work in you if you let him. My hope is not in me. My hope is in the God who can work through me if I yield. Are we together on that? (laughs) The direct hope is to God. The indirect hope is to people. If they yield. Paul spoke well of God, not the Corinthians, regarding the comfort. Paul expressed the extent as the potential of in God, not the Corinthians. Paul declared the mercies of God to use people to come alongside to be the instruments of comfort, yet not to be confused with the comforter, God. Then notice the Apostle Paul expressed the reason for their confidence. It's twofold. First, Paul and his companions knew they would experience sufferings from time to time. Listen to the words, because we know that as you are partakers of the sufferings, they were part of the church of God. The opening verse, verse 1, says that. They were saints of God. Verse 1 again, just like the first epistle. They were believers in Christ and would enter the kingdom of God through much tribulation. Paul told that to every believer when he went on the mission field. Acts 14, 22. What a different proclamation for evangelism. When's the last time you heard an evangelist say, by the way, here's your altar call. Those that enter the kingdom of God must enter the kingdom of God through much tribulation. Anyone who wants to accept the Lord, come forward. But we chum the waters. Are you messed up? You're into alcohol? You're into drugs? You're into sex? You want to change your life? Come. Well, that's not the gospel. It's part of it. It's not all of it. Paul and his companions knew they would share the comfort also. Don't miss it. So also, you will partake of the consolation. Because God is one who has an impeccable character and reputation who can only be spoken of very well. Very well. He's omnipotent, all-powerful. He's omniscient. He knows everything. He's omnipresent. He's everywhere at the same time. How can you make a mistake? He's holy, spotless. But also because God is the father of mercies, notice, meeting the need of mercy, pitying or having compassion on one who is unable to help himself. When you think of pity and mercy, you think of someone who's just so battered that, that when you start approaching, get closer, you see how emaciated they are, that you actually... You, you, you just, oh my, you, you, you actually stoop down. You're just, you're humbled by their position. And, and when you go up to them and say, hey, dude, you look tore up. No, you don't say that. You say, you're going to be okay. You're going to be okay. We're, we're going to take care of you. You're, you're, you're compassionate. You're, you're moved by that. You understand? Meeting out mercy that we might be afflicted less than we deserve. Not what we deserve. If your pastor got what he deserved, you would not have a pastor. But also because God is able to comfort in all their tribulations. Notice, 
This implies that God is not the author of confusion, 1 Corinthians 14.33. If you allow something to take place, he enables you to take care of it and to come through it. This means that God will not allow you to be tested more than you're able, but every way show you the way of escape, 1 Corinthians 10.13. Now, sometimes there's only one way of escape. Remember Joseph? He ran naked. Now, how would you have responded? Would you say, well, you know, I, I tried, dude, but, you know, hey, what the heck? No, he ran naked. That was the only way to go. Only way out. This means that God has given to me all things pertaining to life and godliness, according to 2 Peter 1, 3 through 4. Life means anything and everything that God allows or brings into my life from the day I'm born again to the day I die. And godliness speaks about how I can and hopefully I respond during what comes into my life. Through the divine nature. I am busted. And when I fail, all I can do is say, forgive me, Lord. Forgive me. And get on track with him again. Simple. It has been said... It is easier to suffer in silence if you are sure someone is watching. God is watching. All the angels are watching. Peter makes that very clear to us. Peter exhorts us not to think it's strange concerning fiery trials which are to try us as though some strange thing happened to us in 1 Peter 4.12. It's the Christian way. Study history. Maybe not in America, but it is around the world. Peter tells us rather to rejoice to the extent that we are partakers of Christ's suffering, that when his glory is revealed, you and I may also be glad with exceeding joy in 1 Peter 4.13. Peter tells us that if we are reproached for the name of Christ, we are blessed for the spirit of glory and of God rests upon us. On their part, he is blasphemed, but on our part, he is glorified in 1 Peter 4.14. Peter tells us that none of us are to suffer as a murderer, a thief, an evildoer, or a busybody in other people's matters. Yet, if anyone suffers as a Christian, let him not be ashamed. Let him glorify God in this matter. 1 Peter 4.15 and 16. Peter tells us, therefore, let those who suffer according to the will of God, commit their souls to him in doing good as to a faithful creator, 1 Peter 4, 19. Wow. That's gospel, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> the exhortation regarding comfort reveals confidence in God, not the believer. And so this is Paul's admiration of God for his comfort the proclamation regarding comfort reveals it is for the sake of other believers the explanation regarding comfort reveals God is faithful to every believer and the exhortation regarding comfort reveals confidence in God not believers Good theology. 
it will stabilize your boat. <laughs> It'll help you cut through the trail of life. Pastor Xavier Reese with an encouraging reminder that even when we suffer, we can be comforted. And you can request a copy of today's study from 2 Corinthians called Comfort for Suffering. It's available on CD for just $4. And this will also contain everything Pastor Xavier shared with us the last time we were together as well. And that title to ask for once again is Comfort for Suffering. Or simply mention today's date when you write Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. Or to make your request by phone, call 800-926-1485. Again, that's 800-926-1485. Or the address once again is Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. And it's important that you include the call letters of this station when you contact us. If God is for us, who can be against us? Find out how God's servants were spared from death. That's right here on the next edition of Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese. Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese, a daily half-hour broadcast, is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. www.calvarychapelpasadena.com 